plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily Los Angeles Chargers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good day, everybody. My name is John Gennaro. This is the Locked On Chargers podcast. And I'd like to welcome you into another exciting daily edition of news and information and analysis about the Los Angeles football Chargers. Now, there's not a lot of news today. There's one piece of news. I'm going to wait on that. But today's podcast is mostly going to be centered around the Seattle Seahawks, whom the Chargers played this weekend, and fantasy football. Now, you talk to people over the last 10 or 15 years, they will tell you that the NFL has become king and become this un beatable, undeniable force in sports in America specifically because fantasy football has gotten so popular. So I'm going to break down for you who you should draft and who you shouldn't draft because I know that when you're playing fantasy football and I'm in several leagues, you're probably in several leagues, that it's very tempting to take players from the team that you already watch and already root for because if they're good, it's a double win for you. They help the real team you root for. They help your fantasy team that you root for. And you already like them. And you probably think you know something about them that other players in your league don't know. So today, we're going to go through and talk about the players you should draft, the ones that maybe you do know better than others, and the ones that you should probably avoid, and why. Now, I'm not going to go through the list of defensive players. Some people do play in leagues where you pick defensive players, and their stats account for it, but most people play in leagues where you pick an entire defense. Let's start there. Should you pick the Chargers' defense in your fantasy football draft. Well, I'm not going to claim to be any sort of fantasy football expert, but I will say this. You should probably be picking defense last or close to last because defenses are crapshoots. And unless you're taking one of the top two defenses in the league, chances are you can find a defense on the waiver wire almost week in and week out that'll be as good as the defense that's already on your roster. So I wouldn't waste a high draft pick on it. A low draft pick? Sure, maybe. Between Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and Gus Bradley and Jason Verrett coming back and Casey Hayward potentially doing again what he did last year and Trey Boston growing to be a better player than Dwight Lowry is, there is potential for the Chargers defense to be good, but I'm not going to sit here and say, If you pick them in your fantasy draft, they're necessarily going to help you win. Pick your defense last or close to last. Okay? Good lesson there. Now, 
the rest of these fantasy football players that I'm going to go over are essentially offensive playmakers. Phillip Rivers, uh, the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends. So I can take my time. There's not a ton of them. Should you pick Phillip Rivers in your fantasy football draft? Well, he has Ken Wisenhunt, who he has had good seasons under, but also a bad season last year. He has a lot of weapons. A lot of weapons. He's got about four or five good receivers, two good tight ends, a good running back. He's the type of guy who likes to spread it around. Maybe if you believe in Anthony Lynn, the offense is a little bit more balanced, which takes his interception numbers down. Here's why I don't pick Phillip Rivers unless I can get him really late in my fantasy football draft. Here are some of the teams he plays in the first mm, half of the schedule. The Broncos twice, who have an excellent defense. The Chiefs, who have an excellent defense. The Giants, who have a very good defense. And the Patriots, who almost nobody plays well against. So that's one, two, three, four, five of the first eight games of the season are against defenses that you probably don't want your starting quarterback to go up against. Now, maybe get Rivers in the, sec- in the middle of the year and ride him through that wave of easy second-half schedule, but I'm telling you right now, if you pick Phillip Rivers halfway through the season, you're going to be wondering why you did, especially if you use a high draft pick on him. I like Phillip Rivers. I think he's good. I just think when it comes to fantasy football uh, and fantasy quarterbacks, you're looking for matchups, and you're looking for guys that are going to throw a lot without hurting you. Uh, Rivers may not throw a lot. If he does, he'll probably hurt you. And his matchups in the first half of the season are awful. So don't avoid Phillip Rivers. But this is all about value. Don't use a high draft pick on Phillip Rivers. If he's available in one of the last rounds, maybe pick him, stash him on the bench, knowing that the second half of the season, he can become a regular starter for you. Running backs. Melvin Gordon will probably end up being a top five or ten pick in your fantasy football draft now I hesitate here because Melvin Gordon is going to get the ball a lot Melvin Gordon has some injury issues in his past Melvin Gordon has some fumbling issues in his past which you get negative points for but as far as running backs that are going to get a lot of chances to get a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better option than Melvin Gordon. So, yeah, if you're sitting there in the first round, and Melvin Gordon's on the board, and you're up, take him. Take him. Because any other running back you get is either not going to get as many carries, not going to get as many goal line or red zone carries, and isn't going to be on the field as much, uh, and, you know, if those other running backs you could get in the first round end up better than Melvin Gordon, it's probably almost entirely due to an injury, which you can't predict anyway. So, yes, Melvin Gordon, first round, go for it. Now, I'm going to pause for a second here before we get into the wide receivers and the tight ends because I believe it's the most interesting position group 
on the team when it comes to fantasy football, and I really want to take my time with it. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Okay, are we good? Here's the news story of the day. The news story of the day is that Mike Williams who the Chargers said they didn't expect to be a part of training camp and therefore probably isn't going to be available until at the earliest week four of the regular season, has apparently been running on grass, uh, feels good, looks good, and is, based on my very unprofessional medical opinion, Mike Williams is ahead of schedule. Now... That may tempt you into selecting Mike Williams in your fantasy football draft. I wouldn't for a couple of reasons. Number one, still a very good chance that there's a setback until he's healthy, until the team says he is healthy. Consider that he will probably miss at least a quarter of the season, if not more. That's not the type of player you want to be using a draft pick on. Now, maybe put some sort of alert on him or notification on him so that the second he's not injured, you can pounce and sign him in the middle of the season. But I wouldn't pick him for that reason. Uh, Another reason I might not pick him is Mike Williams, not that big and not known to run great routes, uh, not a possession receiver, and not really a burner either. He's kind of a guy who built up his stats in college on jump balls, Unfortunately, in the NFL, he's going to be going up against bigger, stronger, smarter defenders. So while I like Mike Williams and I have high hopes that he might turn into a very special receiver with the Chargers, I think even if he does, it's going to take some time for him to figure out and adjust his game. And that's even before you factor in the injury. So no Mike Williams. Don't pick him. Tyrell Williams, however, is someone that in many drafts, now you got to factor in how many Charger fans are in your draft, but in many drafts, the name Tyrell Williams might not even be known, which means you can sneak in with a late draft pick and pick up the guy that I think could end up being the star of the Chargers receiving core this year. Which is not to say that I don't think Keenan Allen is good. I think Keenan Allen is incredible. I just think, number one, Keenan Allen now has a lot of competition for the ball in his hands, which was not exactly the case a year ago or two years ago. And number two, the team has now essentially admitted by drafting Mike Williams that Keenan Allen can't stay healthy. They know he can't stay healthy. So I don't think they're going to really ride him that hard. I think they're going to pick their spots with him. So I think as far as potential big plays, big yardage, touchdowns for the receiving core, 
if Tyrell Williams is as good as last year, and we hope he's better, if he's better than last year, I think he might be the one, not leading in receptions, but leading the receivers in terms of yards and leading the receivers in terms of touchdowns by the end of the year. You're going to see a lot of people taking Keenan Allen early because they're going to say, oh, he's going to, especially in a PPR league, they're going to say, oh, he might get 100 catches. He was such a dynamic receiver when he was healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I know I said with Melvin Gordon, you can't count on health. With Keenan Allen, we're almost at the point where you can count on him to be unhealthy. But besides that point, there's so many other options for Rivers to throw to that he's not going to be forcing it to Keenan Allen, which means I don't think Keenan Allen's going to have the best of seasons statistically. Now, if he plays 16 games and he plays the way we know he will play, he might end up being a pro bowler. He might end up being, you know, who we thought he was, but that doesn't mean that the team is going to lean their passing game on him, which is kind of what you want or need. And since that's the case, go for the guy that you can get in a later round that might blossom into something bigger or at least have some big plays for you in Tyrell Williams. Finally, the tight ends. And then I will get to the Seahawks. Now, as much as this isn't going to surprise anybody, it's still difficult for me to say. I think you shouldn't take Antonio Gates in your fantasy football draft unless you have such a large roster that you can have a backup tight end on it. And Antonio Gates is available in like round 15 for you to add him as a backup tight end. Hunter Henry, absolutely, you should be using a fairly early draft pick on because not only do I believe that he's a great tight end, and not only do I think he'll be one of the better tight ends in the league this year, but he's playing in a system with a quarterback that has regularly focused in on the tight end almost as if that position is the number one wide receiver position. I expect Hunter Henry to put up the kind of season that Antonio Gates used to put up in terms of catches, yards, touchdowns, and whoever gets him in fantasy football will be thanking themselves and probably riding him through at least two their fantasy football playoffs. Definitely get Hunter Henry. Antonio Gates, I do not believe you want as your starting tight end. And this isn't to say that the Chargers shouldn't continue to utilize him, but at this point, he's almost more useful as a decoy than he is on the field as someone to throw the ball to. So Antonio Gates, good backup option, tight end for your fantasy football team. Not a good starting option. Hunter Henry may be one of the best tight end options you can find in the league because even though Rob Gronkowski will probably put up better numbers when he's healthy, Rob Gronkowski's probably not going to be healthy. That's everyone, right? That is... The tight ends, the wide receivers, the running backs, the quarterbacks, and I even gave you a little bit on the defense. So once again, I, I sometimes will go into drafts with an actual rule not to draft Chargers because as a fan of the team, as someone who follows the team, I'm aware that what I think the value of this these players are is a bit warped, either positively or negatively. So with other players on other teams, that's not exactly the case. I'm going 
mostly off of expert advice and not my own eyes. And sometimes with your own eyes, it's hard to pick for someone to be on your fantasy football team instead of just realizing the value they have to your real football team. So be careful. Be careful. But if you're going to draft anyone from the Chargers this year, have it be Hunter Henry or in late rounds, look for Tyrell Williams, Antonio Gates, Phillip Rivers. And if you have... If you're on the clock in the first round and Melvin Gordon's on the board, you should probably take him. Probably take him. Just know that if he gets injured or if he fumbles, that also hurts twice as much. It's twice as great when he gets in the end zone, but it hurts twice as much if he's killing both the Chargers and your fantasy football team. Uh, No backup running back should be drafted on the Chargers at all. Apologies to Brandon Oliver. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Okay, the Seattle Seahawks. The Chargers play the Seattle Seahawks in preseason every single year. And every single year, it looks about the same. It's pretty competitive when the first stringers are in there. Second stringers are in there. Seattle looks a little better. Third stringers are in there. The Chargers look like crap. Seattle still looks pretty good. And they run away with the game. Or the Chargers make some sort of weird late rally. And it ends up close. It's a preseason game. The second stringers don't matter. The third stringers don't matter. This is going to be a pretty general preview. I'm just going to talk about the first stringers on the Seahawks. I'm going to try and find someone to come on that that is an expert on the Seahawks. That can give me a little bit more about position battles and guys to look for. But today, my preview is to look at the Seattle Seahawks and say... This is essentially the Seahawks team that you know. It hasn't changed. Uh, The offense is still, you know, light on receivers. Jimmy Graham is still probably their best receiver and kind of underutilized. Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. Uh, Thomas Rawls replaced Marshawn Lynch. They added Eddie Lacy from the Packers, who they're hoping gets in shape because They really haven't been the same team since they lost Marshawn Lynch. And the defense is still built around the pass rush of Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, uh, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas in the defensive backfield. A solid rotation of linebackers and Tyler Lockett doing all sorts of fun things as a kick returner and punt returner. It's the same Seahawks you know. You're not going to be surprised. They, they've they made some changes along the offensive line over the last few years because they've chosen to spend their money on guys like Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, and less on guys like Russell Okung, as an example. So the offensive line looks a little bit different. They actually went out and added Luke Jokel from the Jacksonville Jaguars. But the offensive line are going to be names you don't recognize. They're probably not as good on the offensive line as they have been in the past few years. But when you're trying to keep together a team that won you a Super Bowl and you're trying to keep together a team that you think could get back to the Super Bowl and you're focusing on the star players, something's got to give. 
And for Seattle, that's something has been their offensive line. So uh, you might see Joey Bolson, Melvin Ingram getting some early pressure. That would be a nice thing to see. Uh, I imagine Jason Verrett is going to look good against the likes of Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse. I imagine that the offense will struggle a little bit getting Melvin Gordon going on the ground. I imagine they'll struggle to get any sort of separation against Richard Sherman or find any gaps in the middle of the defense against Bobby Wagner. I imagine when Phillip Rivers is out there, you're going to see a lot of short, accurate passes, a high completion rate, nothing risky, nothing that can turn into an interception, and probably a bunch of three and outs. And by a bunch, I mean he'll play like two series and then he'll get out. So, but that's just, you know, this is the story I was telling you about the first half of the season for the Chargers. They're going to play a lot of really tough defenses. Eventually, when they're playing the likes of the Broncos and the Chiefs, they're going to be forced to take risks, take chances to move the ball downfield. But against Seattle, they don't have to do that. This is get in shape. This is stay healthy. This is don't make mistakes. So... What you're going to see is a really, really good Seattle Seahawks defense when the first stringers are out there against a Chargers offense that's probably not going to try anything fancy. And then a Seattle Seahawks offense that is not that fearsome against a Chargers defense that might be. Expect in the first quarter or however long the first stringers play for little to no scoring. Maybe some field goals. Maybe we'll see a Josh Lambeau field goal, and then later on in the game, we'll see some Young-Ho Koo field goals. Uh, Final score is doesn't matter to I don't care. And that has been Locked on Chargers for today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. If you already have done so, please make sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes and Google Play, telling them that you love this podcast. Once again, my name is John Gennaro. I am your host. You can find me on Twitter at John M. Gennaro. That's G-E-N-N-A-R-O. And I will be back with another, probably final for this week, edition of Locked On Chargers tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.